This is Faithful Sayings, broadcast by the Leon Valley Church of Christ. Thanks for tuning in. I want to begin by sharing a message from Brother Warren Berkeley. Warren preaches in McAllen, Texas, and he has a blog called Burke's Blog, burksblog.com, if I'm not mistaken, and periodically shares some verses of Scripture and then a few of his thoughts, very similar to what we do, again, on this podcast and uh, what I do in a series called Bible Talk. And I just wanted to share some thoughts that he had about Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 18 and spiritual growth. So Second Peter 3.18 says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. And we think about the command of that verse and how we're under pressure, when we're under pressure, whether it be due to unusual circumstances, a health crisis, as so many people are facing these days, and family issues, and economic stress, all of which are related now, given the special time that we're in, there can be the temptation, I think, to postpone spiritual growth to make it no longer a priority until things get better. And our thinking may run rapidly through thoughts like, life is so hard right now. My concentration is broken. I'm so exhausted. Uh, I can I can get back. There's time to get back to spiritual growth when things calm down, whenever that may be. So here are some elements, I think, of that ill-conceived notion. Number one, we need to understand that to not grow equals decline. And that's a little counterintuitive because it means there's no neutral position. And that may sound strong or harsh, but there's scriptural justification to say that the moment I stop growing, I start dying, that I'm moving in one direction or the other. And to go back, as the Hebrew writer says, is to go back to milk and not onto solid food. So the whole notion is is self-deceptive. It is neglected discipleship. If I if I am going through those thought processes and I am essentially just making excuses, yes, you know, and, and even though my points are legitimate, life is hard and there is reason to be concerned in a health crisis. And when we have relationship, family issues and financial stress and economic stress, those are legitimate things to be concerned about. And so the point is that you shouldn't be the point is not that you shouldn't be concerned about those things, but that even given those circumstances, we cannot stop striving for spiritual growth. Right, Second Peter three eighteen still applies even in those circumstances, and we there's there's nothing that will ever excuse us from not reading and studying God's word. Nothing that will ever excuse us from not continually praying to Him and, and neglecting those spiritual disciplines within our lives, serving others, teaching others. You know, living by example, all the, you know, just the whole gamut of things we can run through. And there is simply no justification ever anywhere for sin or for neglected discipleship. Now for number two, it is vigorous spiritual growth that brings God's strength in, into our lives. And so the the point here is that we really are hurting ourselves if we, you know, it sounds like a good idea to put spiritual things on the back burner until things, you know, quote, calm down. 
But r- really, the way that the best way, the best thing that we can do in difficult times is to go to our our God and continue to discipline ourselves, to pray and to draw near to Him through His Word. So to put a pause on spiritual growth not only reduces your capacity to cope with difficulty, it amounts to turning away from the ultimate source of strength that gets us through whatever actually is or is perceived to be our present difficulty. You see, we we only harm ourselves. We don't want to make things harder, right? But that's exactly what we're doing when we neglect drawing near to God, when we neglect spiritual growth. Right? We're, we're robbing ourselves of the strength that He affords through those things. He blesses us through His Word and through prayer. Right? If we want the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, well, then we have to meet the conditions, right? which I know is in the religious world today, you hear obedience, you hear conditions, you hear works. Those are all bad words, but Scripture uses them freely. The New Testament writers, the Holy Spirit, uses such things freely. And He is calling us to participate in our salvation. doesn't mean you're earning anything. But if we're going to be joint participants and have fellowship with God and in His work, it it means that something has to be done by us, and we can't allow circumstances to keep us from doing that work. And we certainly don't want to turn away from our ultimate source of strength that gets us through whatever stress and difficult time we're going through. Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus was... Grieve to the point of death, he says, as he's thinking about what he's going to suffer and all that that's going to entail, how horrific it's going to be. How does he wrestle with that grief and that stress? You know, he's he's praying and he's praying so fervently that he's sweating. Right. Luke says this sweat became like great drops of blood coming to the ground. It was just flowing freely. Right. But that's how Jesus was strengthened to endure the cross, right? God didn't take away whatever cup Jesus was praying would be removed, but he did strengthen him. He sent an angel to minister to him. And Jesus drank the cup, right? And so as our example, that is what we we need to do, right? We need to wrestle with those distresses in the context of prayer, Okay, number three, we think about Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 15, and we ask ourselves, what part of what Peter is saying can I afford to suspend or just put on pause? So let's just read Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 15. That's where Peter says that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his glory and excellence. Through these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world on account of lust. Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence knowledge, and in your knowledge self-control, and in your self-control perseverance, and in your perseverance godliness, and in your godliness brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness love. For if these qualities are yours and increasing, they do not make you useless or unproductive in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For the one who lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted, 
having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you, for as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. Therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you already know them and have been established in the truth which is present with you. I consider it right, as long as I am in this earthly dwelling, to stir you up by way of reminder, knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent, as also our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. And I will also be diligent that at any time after my departure, you will be able to call these things to mind. Okay, so that's a lot to chew on. And the thrust of our, our point here, again, as we think about the question, what in that text that Peter mentions can we afford to neglect? Is there anything in that passage that we can safely say, well, I can just ignore that for a while. And then we offer up our stress as an excuse. Take self-control. Can you postpone self-control for a while? thinking you will resume that discipline when things calm down, growing in your love for your brethren. So we we see when we apply that thinking to the scriptural reality of what we're being called to do, that it, it, it doesn't add up. There's not, there's not any excuse. In fact, Peter blows that all out of the water when he says, if, if we're refusing these qualities, then... Verse 9, we're short-sighted. The American Standard says if we lack these qualities, we're blind and short-sighted, and we've forgotten our purification from our former sins. You see how deeply this growth is connected with an appreciation for what God has done for us. But when we become fixated on the here and now and temporal things, and again, things that can be a legitimate concern, but fixated on them to a point where we're now neglecting these spiritual disciplines, it betrays a lack of love and appreciation for Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. And so we become, to use Peter's words, we, we, we are no longer useful in the kingdom. And we can't hope to enter the final realization of, of the kingdom and live in, under his rule in heaven. Right. So lastly, to sum up, number four, to pause spiritual growth, is just irresponsible. We know the command is to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, you think about Peter himself as he was inspired to write that in the text. And what we just read in chapter 1 of that same book. Right? He knew that his death was at hand. And he's talking about that very openly and very candidly. Jesus had revealed to him the time of his departure was near. Yet these things were so important to him that he says, I'm, I'm going to keep stirring you up so long as I'm here to remind you, even though you know this, even though you're established in this, because it's too important. I'm paraphrasing, of course. But that, that's the idea. Even though he was about to die, think about it. Was he under pressure? And he was also writing to Christians who were under pressure and going through a tough time. As he says, they were being tested by fire. And so growth... Spiritual growth is not only honoring the Lord and essential to our survival. It is, in a sense, a duty assigned to God's people. Not something that we can just set aside for normal days or when things calm down. You know, as, 
as all as is, as it is with all commands if it's commanded that means we're capable of doing it and paul writes do these things and the god of peace will be with you <laughs>